Today, we talk about ambience. Join us in the dark. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about ambience and tone. Mm -hmm. Two things that are very interconnected. And as we have been doing for the past couple of weeks, we're going to have an open-ended conversation centered around questions from you, the... Green Man. Yeah, I guess from Green Man. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say from the, the RPG community. But yes, this question is from Green Man, and his question is... I think that creating ambience using props and music can really add to a game. But those are the basics. What creative and original things have you done to create ambience? I really like this question because I think when we talk about ambience, and you probably think we're going to talk about just the basics. I mean, we have to talk about them, but we'll go into meat really quickly. Let's let's just pump out. What, What are the basics? The basics. You got lighting. You got music. You got ambient noise. You got candles. You got maybe smells. Those are the basics. If you're listening to us, you probably have already dabbled in some of those things. So the rest of this episode is going to be dedicated to the things that maybe you haven't thought about. What's something that's not on that list that you do, Chris? The thing I put a lot of focus on is having voices that match the the ambience or the tone I'm trying to set. Uh, if we're trying to have a great light moment, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to have NPCs that represent that. Where if we're in a gloomy cavern, I'm going to try to set the stone and wait. I think, I think something I do a lot is wait for the players to be ready to be in the, like, to be in the right mindset to actually accept the tone for what it is. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to, let's go with the gloomy example, uh, because last game, that's what I was doing. Um, if they're joking around, you can't really be like, stop talking. I'm trying to be serious right now. Yeah. You have to let them get it out of their system. You can even join, have a lot of fun. And then your job as a game master is bring it back slowly, again, with maybe naturally. with music and stuff like that, naturally. And then, I, I normally it's with NPCs, I will have the voice start slow and, and get into the character. And once I do that, it engages the player. But mm-hmm. I have to wait for them to... Sometimes I will... I'm a teacher... And I will do like I do in class. I'll just like wait for them to be done. It's like, okay, we're done. We, we can actually continue. And now now people pay attention. Um, I, know, I like that you talk about voice because, Chris, you do something else that's also using your voice, but not necessarily to make speech, mm-hmm. to, to, to make sounds. And this is something that I think is really, really cool because if you're making the sound of a monster coming out of a tomb or maybe a door creaking and opening or a floorboard squeaking, you've kind of mastered some of those noises. And it's far better to just mm-hmm. vocalize that immediately than trying to find your iPad and pushing the yeah. button to mm-hmm. make the squeaky sound come out. You know, yeah. that three seconds of delay is enough to lose the mood even a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can make that pretty good yourself <laughs> just do it or or practice it in the shower yeah. practice mm-hmm. it and then and then try to be the the actual like soundboard yourself if it sounds like weird it, it's fine right it's it's it, you get you practice you get better and next time it, it it works better or i mean the worst case scenario they laugh and you're having a good time right um 
so yeah, for sure. I think I think you're totally right. I used Sirenscape for a while for the music, and you could actually like press that buttons, mm-hmm. and it works fine. But the delay ah, kills the ambience, and I think we're touching a little bit here on on something that's very important: the, the relationship between ambience and tone. For, for maybe it's a good time to clear it out here. Yeah, like ambience for us is the the feeling at the table having bleed from the physical environment the real life real life mm-hmm. into the game yeah. so so things like smell things like music for instance the reason why we categorize them as ambience is because they're happening to you as a human being and they're bleeding into the character into the environment for example something else that's kind of basic that that falls into that category would be temperature if mm-hmm. we're you're going into a dungeon delve in the cold uh, dark places then actually lowering the temperature of where you're at can actually help the players feel a bit more um not involved but they feel like they're there they're, like, yeah that's, exactly. that's kind of the whole point and if you're in the tropical is. jungle you just bring that heat up and put the, the humidifier on or something <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's not it still has to be comfortable but something like that is ambience and then it can bleed into the tone of the game mm-hmm. and those two need to really match right you need to have an ambience that matches the tone and you can have tone without ambience but the ambience if you're putting effort into it you have to think of what you're trying to do not just do willy-nilly anything you want um something that you can also do that i think often gets forgotten when people talk about ambience is use very descriptive language Mm. technically the description you're giving is happening to the human, to your friend, to the person. And you're trying to make them feel something by using descriptive wording. Talk about the senses that they're, like, talk about the sensations that they're feeling in the space. Talk about the smells, the sounds that they hear. And by doing that, you hope to have that bleed to really elevate the ambience to meet what you're trying to to portray. And if I can bring it back to the voice thing, even if you're not doing an NPC, even if you're doing description, the tone of your voice, mm. the literal tone of your voice and pitch of it can actually affect the description. Right? If you're if you're like here and you're like, there's chippy uh, birds singing uh, around you and at the distance you hear a wolf. The wolf doesn't sound mad, but if you're like, there's a wolf at the end of this hill, it means that the wolf like it's a threat. Yeah. Where the other one is like, oh, there's a, it's in the distance, and it's just to add the description of the forest, and and I think that's often overlooked. Like we we talk about great description, we talk about a lot of voice acting for NPCs, mm-hmm. but there's a voice acting in descriptions. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be able to make a wolf cry to be able to do what Chris just did. You can still in like infer the same information or make the players infer the same information. It's about using, embody the, the tone and the ambience you're trying to set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I are also very crafty people. We, we like to mess around with, with styrofoam like and, and that so. kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think that these kinds of props, things like dungeon tiles, terrain, although not necessary for the game, do add a level of ambience. Uh, you can sit there and give a, a big description of a room that's very eloquent and very extravagant, but... I think that if you can physically embody that space on the game table, it also adds a layer uh, of the ambience you're trying to set. If you have a little tile with acid spilled on it and it looks really dangerous, that makes the ambience feel like the stakes are have been raised. 
You know, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I and that really surprised me when I started using uh, actual like craft tiles and mountains and stuff like that. I thought people would be like, "Oh, it's really cool." It definitely like I knew it was going to add some kind of dimension, but it actually increased engagement in a way I did not suspect. Mm -hmm. People wanted to move their character around. People wanted to know how is this bridge gonna like. How are the goblins going to go on this bridge? It, it, I, I don't know. It creates some kind of engagement. In some battles, I, I could swear people like way too long for people to stay interested. But using that those props changed everything. So it, it really helps with engagement and also tone and ambience. Yeah. You can also say the same thing for minis. Same thing for handouts. But we won't get too too into that. But it's part of the ambience. It's part of the, the physical space, right? As soon as you bring something into the physical space that the people are, are engaging with, then odds are it's going to affect your ambience. Yeah, I think it's all about, like we say, it's all about imagination. And it is. But if you can find shortcuts, and that's kind of why miniatures are there and all those, those if you can find shortcuts, it, I think it frees the brain mm -hmm. to be more immersed. Think about the, the role play. Think, think about, about yeah. other stuff. Exactly, because if you all have M&Ms on a grid, uh, it's harder to picture, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked a little bit about tone, and we talked a little bit about how they're connected, but I think something that's, that's, that's been top of mind to the two of us is what happens when these two things clash? And I think we're beating around the bush a little bit here mm -hmm. uh, around this idea of cohesion, or if you want, the, the enemy of ambience and tone is inconsistency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that's we've been talking about the voice. If if you're doing a voice that doesn't fit with the mood you're trying to set, it's not going to work. The music needs to fit. Something that I've noticed quite frequently in, in our games is when there are these two elements that are at odds. For instance, let's have an example. The players are all you know in a spooky tavern and they're in the dungeon of the tavern, and you have the candles lit, and everyone's really serious. Everyone's like walking on their, their tippy toes, they're sneaking around, trying to investigate something. And then in one of the rooms, you're feeling like lighthearted. In one of the rooms, you put like a joke magazine that one of the guards maybe was reading on his break. The players are like, they weren't asking for that. Mm -hmm. And because that's there, it creates this friction and then removes them from the, the, the mood that was set. And all that work you did put into the ambience is gone. Yeah, and actually, like, while you were saying this, it reminds me of a mistake I, I, I made last, I think last Christmas. We had a Christmas game, mm. and I had in mind that I was going to have one character who's going to be, like, a cool Santa. And his name was, like, Nicolas Santolini, something, something. Mm. But he was like, call me Santa. So I had that moment in mind, and that's often how I run games. I, like, I have moments in mind. But I remember he was like in a prison and, 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 and you guys came to rescue some of the party members and he was as a prisoner. And I and I said what I just said, basically, like his small name and then like, but call me Santa. And in my mind, it was going to be cool because it was Christmas, but it did not fit with the tone at that moment. Yeah. People were in a serious uh, like, oh, we, we shouldn't get uh, found. We need to be stealthy and everything. But I know. And I think I think you maybe can confirm this on another like maybe twenty minutes later when people are joking around about something as it always happens at always any happens, table. Yeah. 
that would be the good time. I, I should have just called him Nikolai Santorini, blah, 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 blah. And later when it was appropriate, be like, oh, you guys are my friend now. You can call me Santa. Mm-hmm. And then it would have had the effect I wanted. But it's all about being consistent with the mood that is going at the table and that you want to set. Yeah, sometimes too what happens is is interruptions might happen in the game. You know, we, we, we're people, people have to go to the bathroom, or maybe sometimes some players, they, they become disengaged and they start to joke around between the two of them. When that kind of stuff happens, it also creates, you know, it, it creates a gap or a hole in mm-hmm. the ambience that you've been setting. But ultimately, this boils down to, again, this, this inconsistency where at the table, some, like there is one mood that's going on and then some of the players are feeling a different mood. And that kind of friction, if, can, if you can minimize it, you're going to be getting much more benefit out of the ambience that, that, that you're setting at the table. Yeah, and that goes as far back as session zero when you're building expectations, when you set to your players, okay, either this is a very serious game, like I want to have like really heavy role play and it's all about like lost and I I don't know. Or you could be like, you know what, we're playing uh, uh, Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to have like the same ambience and the same mood and the same tolerance to these interruption and these inconsistencies but it's always finding the balance i think there's should always be space for humor but it's all, sometimes difficult to be on the same pages as the players and then we go to that brings us to another point right mm-hmm. about the responsibility of players maybe you want to talk about that a little bit yeah yeah we've been talking a lot about how the game master does all this stuff but really it's everybody's job the, the players also have to be conscious of the mood that they're portraying. If, they're, if they've been joking around for a long time, maybe, like, I know I do it. I, I talk about how, how, you know, we have to have a certain mood. But when I'm a player, sometimes I have fun doing stupid things and interacting with silly things and making jokes. But it's, it's, it's being responsible and, and sometimes joking around. But then not just writing that joke till the very end, you know? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. drop it. You can come back to it later. Have fun with it, but but don't make sure your fun isn't at the expense of everybody else's fun. I think there's a big skill as a player, which is awareness, like being aware when the game master, being aware what the game master is trying to do right now. Okay, he's setting up a moment. He is lowering his voice. He is taking a serious tone. Yeah, I should not be joking right now. That also bleeds into a little bit, like it's the player's responsibility, but it's also the game master's responsibility, right? If if, the, if you as the game master are giving into the jokes and feeding into the jokes, that's fine. But just know that that means you're encouraging it. Uh, I have a couple characters in my game. There's one character who's, who's like very loosely based off of Gordon Ramsay, the chef. And, <laughs> and, and whenever the players interact with him, I make jokes about cooking and things being raw and blah, blah, blah. And, and we all have our, a laugh. And then when the players are done with this NPC and they walk somewhere else, it, the moment kind of dies down. And then I... I, I change my tone, and, and when they talk to somebody else, I, I make an active effort to change the tone. Yeah, I think in your game, it's really, now that you talk about it, it's really uh, striking how the characters from our ship, the because we're pirates, like our boat, mm-hmm. were created in part by the, the, the players and you, like together, and it made them kind of goofy. Yeah. Which means that when we go back to our boat, it's kind of like our relaxing time. But when yeah, we're, get the jokes out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when we are like in the wild in a temple, and that's that's when it's more serious. And and it's it's to your credit, and also something you you do 
here that I want to also uh, emphasis on, put an emphasis on, is you actually have like mood boards or whatever. I don't know how you call them. Like you have like encounters depending on the mood you're trying to yes, go with. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like a random encounter table or interrupt table for those of you who haven't watched the interrupt video. I encourage you to click to wherever nice. it goes. Um, yeah, it's an interrupt table where I have I have events that are either silly, serious, or, or somewhere in the middle. And depending on the tone that I want to set, or, or even the, the tone that I feel like the players are asking are, are for, asking for mm-hmm. I'm going to make that happen. So it's, uh, it's, it's a way to kind of scratch that itch and then move on. Because if you don't scratch the itch, the players are going to keep forcing it. You know, we're not yeah, forcing yeah, for it, sure. but, but they're going to... It's what they want to do. They want to have a joke. Okay, let them have the joke. And then once they, everyone had, had a good laugh, you can you can go to the next thing. Very quickly, uh, your, your example, Chris, about Santa Claus, your, your character, reminds me how important it is to have good NPC names. Yes. If you have a long list, print them out or think of them ahead of time or use a name generator or whatever, but make sure that the name of the NPC sets the tone you want for that NPC and for the, the 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 environment you're in, because if the players, you know, they they fought a long time to save a prisoner out of a jail cell, and the, the prisoner comes out and his name is Eugene the Dragonborn, they're gonna be like, what? Like, <laughs> okay, nothing against Eugene's. It's a nice name, but if if this the you know the tone you're trying to set is very serious, and and you don't give this Dragonborn a name that's consistent with the race of the character. It feels off. It feels inconsistent, yep. and then again, you lose the the mood that you're trying to set. Yeah, the the the, the famous Bob in yeah. my, in the game of my brother. There's something like, like like one of the main villain was named Bob. I mean, there's going to be joke about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You if can. you're not okay with that, that's 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 <laughs> that... on you. You should have called it Bob. Talking about Santa, uh, that time I did not use Christmas, right? But uh, you can actually use the the time of the year. Uh, I know one time I used Halloween to bring the the, the players into uh, basically a necromancer arc, mm. and and it was really fun to have. Like you have the already the the decorations out. People are already kind of in the mood of like that's that's why that's the time of the year we watch more scary, scary movies, right? Yeah. Let's let's have a scary game. If you're gonna have like uh, a, a game about I don't know, uh, gnomes going to get sugar. It's not good. Like, might as well put it uh, during Christmas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, Chris. Again, you're trying to, it? yeah, well, you're trying to take <laughs> advantage of the things that, that the people at the table are experiencing in real life. You know, it, if it was Thanksgiving, everybody had a lot of big, big meals, a lot of big feasts, you can maybe have your harvest festival or, or, or something like that. And, not only does it add to the mood, but it actually gives the characters and the players more ideas, right? Like, we're all people, there's only a finite amount of space in here. If I just had Thanksgiving with my family, I can maybe inspire myself from that as a player. And you can relate to, right? You can, yeah. you can relate to what's going on. And yeah, maybe, maybe another thing that is worth mentioning in terms of tone and ambience is to vary it like we, we mentioned you, you kind of touched on it mm-hmm. as interrupts but i think it's also more than that like in my game right now we played a lot of we in a dungeon and it was very dark and the last session was also like 
dealing with the aftermath, the the mental toll that it all had on you guys. And and I rem- at the end of the game, I asked you guys, um, there's either going to be a funeral or there's also someone having a wedding. And people were like, we're not going to have a funeral. Like we, it's been, it's been, yeah. it's been hard, right? But the, the the wedding, we're like, yeah, let's do it. And I think it's all, it, it's because of this tone. It's like, you need a break sometimes. So um, even from one game to the other, it's a good idea to, to, to ride that wave. So we talked about a lot of things, but I think most of this subject comes from, from you. You worry a lot about ambience and mood. And, and, and recently, I feel like there was a, a shift in our group where we're, we're taking it, I guess, more seriously. Well, why do you think that is? Yeah, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say, Chris, because I made a really big active effort when we restarted the, our season of, of the campaign that we're playing in my, in my place. And I intentionally moved us away from the living room and into my office, mm. uh, which is a much smaller space. Really, the table we're playing on, mm. although it's enough of a surface for us to play on it's it's tight you know we're close to the walls and if you have to get up to, to go to the bathroom you kind of bump into people but it's so much more intimate role play improved significantly uh people feel more focused because it's it, it's all in one enclosed space the door is closed the music the smells of the candles everything is, is all in that one space so i'm i'm really i'm proud of it actually i it had the effect i hoped it would have Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about the lessons we've learned uh, trying to set up ambience and tone in our game. I know you guys probably all already know how to, you know, to, to use candles and music in your games to elevate and, and make the game more fun for your players. But there's a lot more to it than just having, you know, a creepy backdrop to the game that you're playing. Yeah, so we have... Six? Six lessons we've learned. The first lesson I think I've learned is to be really patient when I'm trying to set up a, a scene with a, some kind of ambience and tone. Maybe it, I'm trying to like create some something dra- dramatic. Well, if the players are having fun, eating Funyuns, and joking about the weekend, it's not the time to bring the crazy NPC who's gonna make a big reveal. I need to be patient, have the, the space, the moment to uh, to bring the, amb- the ambience I want to. Yeah, and get that mood really back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the second lesson that we've learned is there's actually a big correlation between the space you're using and the ambience and mood you're trying to set. So make sure you, you're aware of the space you're in. If you're going for a more cozy, relaxed, kind of atmosphere and, and ambience use your living room sit down on the you know have the the battle mat on the coffee table sit down in sofas relax joke around but if you're looking for something more intimate consider a more small and enclosed space consider sitting at a kitchen table where everyone's sitting on, on chairs where they can sit up straight uh, less distractions that way the third one is to control your voice so there's a lot of talk about music when setting up ambience and that's great but sometimes soundtrack or even even things like Sirenscape where you can actually push a button to have like a specific sound bite. Mm-hmm. Well, you can maybe do it your voice. That that will remove the delay it comes from actually going to the app and pressing a button. 
It's not a big deal, but controlling your voice is bigger than this. It's also about when you're doing a description or you're an NPC, actually having a voice or a tone that fits with what you're trying to convey. If you're trying to be like creepy, doing a description while taking a creepy voice could actually add a layer that it's not attainable by just reading a description. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it might be a little bit intimidating, actually. So, so don't be don't be afraid. If you have to practice, practice in the shower, practice while you're driving. I actually practice NPC voices when I'm driving to work. So <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. The, the fourth tip is not to hold your ambience to an impossible standard. I know I, for one have experienced this. You know, I put a lot of thought into the ambience that I'm trying to set, into the mood that I'm trying to set, and even into the preparation of my game. So sometimes I can get a little bit frustrated with just the, the, the situation when my players start to joke around. Mm -hmm. It happens to everybody, and really we just have to kind of, as game masters, accept it. Not to not to an extreme, but it's part of everyone's fun to have a couple of laughs. So just roll with the punches and... You know, I've actually come to learn that it's almost good to put little pressure pressure releases in your in your in your game. If you don't have the opportunity for your players to make a joke, they're gonna take it anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so give them that chance. Have have ups and downs in the ebb and flow of your plot, in the mood and in the ambience of that you're setting. Maybe. Change the music to something more jovial to kind of indicate that this is the opportunity for them to make a joke. The next uh, lesson is... To put a coat on if you're cold. Yes, right, yes, Chris? yes. I, <laughs> I was cold. We're in a basement here. Um, is to prepare static descriptions. Um, so when I started DMing, or game mastering, I should say, I, was, I, I had like text box and there was some descriptions of locations, but also description of events. Uh, someone walking mysteriously and then going up the stairs, and I used to uh, I used that for a while, and I and I realized they were not working, and then I stopped using prepare text altogether, and lately I've started reintroducing it, and I I found out that the best thing I could do is doing descriptions, what I call static description of locations of basically first impression, so NPCs description of NPCs of location of anything you can actually see or hear or feel, but nothing, no events. So stay out of events, because if you describe someone walking mysteriously mm -hmm. and going up the room, up the stairs, your players are going to want to interact with it, which is totally fine. But if you're in the middle of a description and you're not done and you want to after describe the bar, it's going to break the mood. It's going to create uh, a cut. And then going back to your text, is, it, it's not going to feel natural or organic. And this brings us to our very last lesson. I'm sure we're going to learn plenty of other ones as we continue to Game Master. But this last lesson is essentially just remember that ambience is a tool that enhances storytelling. Game mastering and role-playing games are a collaborative storytelling experience. And the candles, the music, the lighting, and, and the temperature descriptions, all these things are just ways to enhance that storytelling. So keep that in mind. Make sure that your ambience has purpose and that it also contributes to the mood in the same sense, in the same direction. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. So to, to be consistent and, and not to put a, 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 a prop 
just for the sake of putting a prop. It should add something to your storytelling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I hope these six lessons uh, helped you. I know that it took us maybe a little bit longer than we dare admit to get to these lessons. You know, you make a couple of mistakes for quite some time before you, you make that concrete change of thought. So hopefully you don't have to make those mistakes. You can learn from us. And if you have other lessons that you've learned about engagement, not engagement, about ambience, rather, please reach out to us. You can do so by contacting us on Twitter. That's at role underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email. That's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your questions. And that is everything for us on ambience. Right, Chris? Right. I struggle with that. <laughs> Let's call it a chat. Okay. <laughs>